a gun in the face. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Inside Sources. Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. As we've been following throughout the day, emotional testimony, obviously, on Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C., as families uh, of the victims in Uvalde, Texas, Buffalo, New York, uh, and other places have been testifying uh, in a congressional hearing today as uh, Congress gets ready to take up the gun control bill. And while I think there's a, a lot of places where there is common ground and where there is even some forward momentum in terms of getting something done, how you go about this makes all the difference in the world. Really pleased to have joining us on the line now, Representative John Curtis uh, from Utah's 3rd Congressional District. Congressman, thanks for joining us today. Happy to be with you, Boyd. Uh, I wanted to start off with uh, – actually, I, I, I applauded a group of 21 Democrats uh, on Friday who sent a letter – uh, to House Speaker Nancy Pelosi saying, please, oh, please do not send us a massive bill with everything slugged <laughs> together. Would you please break it up into eight separate bills uh, and then we can actually get some bipartisan support and actually get something through? Uh, I don't know that uh, the speaker has uh, taken note of that, but uh, what are you hearing? What are you sensing? Are we just in for a, a lot of noise and not a lot of forward movement? Well, Boyd, um, imagine the country's disappointment that uh, we're not going to have a thoughtful dialogue. Um, the, the Democrats came together with this grouping of bills uh, over the over the weekend, kind of in the middle of the night behind closed doors. Didn't involve a single Republican. Um, they, they, they ran it through committee. They did accept one Republican amendment, but on the floor, no Republican amendments were even offered or, or given that window. And um, it's really un- unfortunate because we're not having that experience they're having over in the Senate where thoughtful people are coming together and, and um, you know, op- with an open mind discussing how do we curtail these shootings. Yeah. And so as you look at that, if there, uh, if there were a series of kind of single subjects, really uh, targeted precision kinds of bills, uh, what do you think that what are the areas that we should be having those conversations on? Well, so let me actually tell you, I didn't really fully answer your question. What we're voting on today is the strangest thing I've ever seen. It's the block of all of these bills. And then we will have a subsequent vote on every one of the bills to see if they should be pulled out of the block. Hmm. And I, I think what, the only thing I can <laughs> guess new. what Speaker Pelosi is, yeah, the only thing I can guess what she's doing is pleasing both sides where everybody wanted it in a block and everybody wanted it separately. So she's come up with this, this uh, idea to, to basically do both. But the unfortunate thing is these are bills that have been tried and failed before and, and have flaws. And, and on, uh, I'll just give you one quick example. There's a red flag bill. You know, I've actually co-sponsored a red flag bill in the past because it had due, a due process clause in it. Mm. 
Um, and so they're they're giving us a red flag bill without due process. Well, that's just a bridge too far for for Republicans. So instead of sitting down with us and saying, you know, what could you support? We're basically just repackaging everything. It won't pass the Senate. It will pass the House. We know that she'll get it through the House. But the Senate won't take it up. And I think that's just really unfair to the American people who, of all times right now, are kind of demanding thoughtful conversation and, and serious consideration of these issues. Yeah, it seems like we're like we're back to this, uh, you know, very cleverly titled make it hard to vote against, you know, protect our kids exactly. act. Um, but we're not getting to the, the real issues. And if it's just going to go sit on uh, the Democratic leader of the Senate, if Chuck Schumer is just going to put it on his stack of stuff uh, on his desk, that's not even going to be brought to the floor. Uh, we we got to get to a different kind of conversation. And, and so you mentioned the, the red flag bill that you have, have brought forward in the past. What are some of the other things where you feel like if we did get that precision, we could actually get something across the line that the American people could say, well, maybe that wasn't as far as I wanted, or maybe I wanted a little more here, yeah. but you know what? That's progress. I think uh, one thing, and, and I'll kind of speak for Republicans as, as a stereotypical group, which of course you can't do, right? But I think one of the things that, that we'd like to see is a all hands on deck. Everything that's influencing this is on the table. And so we clearly know there's a mental health uh, component to this, right? We, we clearly know there's a security to school component to this. We clearly know there's a, um, a, um, a safety net that's broken, that's not catching these kids. And, and I think it's fair to say there are, are you know, issues that we need to talk about with firearms. And I would like all of those things to be on the table because we're not going to really impact this issue if we don't consider every single one of those layers. And by the way, there's a lot more layers uh, than those. And we really have to be thoughtful about all of those and the, the tendency is this, this Hail Mary pass, this one bill that will solve all of this. Of course, that doesn't ever happen, right? You know, when, when you say, look, if we could just pass this one bill, this, this would go away. That's, that's a fallacy. Yeah, and I, and I think that's often where we, we miss and we get, we get so disappointed in the, in the aftermath, uh, obviously, of something like this. Uh, of course, most of this we've got to get out in front of rather than reacting on the, on the back end. Correct. Uh, and so how do we start having that kind of conversation that we're not waiting for the tragedy or the, you know, the big event to happen. So we react to something and usually a, a bill that is a reactionary bill. Uh, and to your point, if it's uh, the things that always set me on fire is if it's uh, behind closed doors in a room, gang of six, eight or 12, <laughs> those would yeah. never end well. Yeah, they don't. And so I'm going to applaud the Senate. You know, that's unusual for a member of the House, right? <laughs> we'll give you a bonus point I'm, for that. <laughs> but I might I might want a rebuttal at the end, though. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, yeah. so what you've got over there are Republicans and Democrats who feel this burden to answer to the American people who are talking to each other. And that's what's not happening in the House. And I don't know if they'll come up with something that will work, but the odds are much higher uh, than the process that we're going through the House, which is, you know, zero, zero likelihood uh, that this will have success with what we're doing in the House. Like you say, you check all those boxes behind closed doors in the dark of night, one party. What are the odds that they're really serious about solving this? Right. Bring it out to the light of day. Bring Republicans and Democrats together. Put everything on the table. Get everybody to throw away their old stereotypes and paradigms. And, and let's see what we can do. And, you know, the reality of this 
is this is this is bigger than school shootings. Uh, if we're going to talk firearms, you've got to be talking about the many other deaths, especially yeah. suicides, that, that come from guns. And that needs to be on the table. We, we're losing far more of our youth to, to suicides than we are shootings. And I don't know the exact numbers, but it's got to be a factor, you know, yeah. a huge factor higher. We need to be talking about that. Uh, it doesn't get the same spotlight that these uh, school shootings do, but it's, we need to be talking about that. We need to be talking about uh, people uh, who are otherwise violently killed with firearms and, quite frankly, with all weapons. Mm. You know, when, when somebody drives a, a, crowd, a car into a crowd, um, you've got all the same factors leading up to that as you as school shooting. So to answer your question, it begins with thoughtful people coming together, willing to set aside their, their preconceived notions and having a thoughtful discussion. There are some parameters on this discussion, and it's primarily the Constitution. Um, you, you have to be able to pass constitutional muster. So, for instance, the idea of, of uh, requiring um, uh, not being able to let a, 18 or 19 or 20 year old by a semi-automatic rifle has been shot down by the Ninth Circuit Court as unconstitutional. So while it may be a great idea, it, it still has to pass constitutional muster or we're fooling ourselves. Yeah, absolutely. Representative John Curtis, appreciate you stepping out and joining us today. A crucial conversation. Uh, there are some paths. We've got to get to the right kinds of conversations. Uh, no rooms, no doors, no dead of night. Uh, it just doesn't work in the end. Thanks for your perspective today, Congressman. All right, we'll step aside for top of the hour news. Coming back, Outside Sources here on KSL News Radio. Stay with us. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.